poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Tactical Tuesday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your host, Brad Wilson. Welcome, 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 my friend, to another episode of Tactical Tuesday. As always, I am joined by my co-host, John. John, you ready to break down some hands on this tactical, most tactical of days? Yeah, definitely. Um, we, we got uh, 500 Zoom hands this week, so a little bit of change of pace from the hands that we normally break down. I don't know if we've ever done a, a 500 Zoom Tactical Tuesday episode yet. I don't think so. I don't think we've ever done a Zoom hand on Tactical Tuesday before. Yeah. Well, what what brought on the Zooming? Oh no, this is just uh. Well, I guess if uh if you've listened to the Wolves recap episode that came out last week, um, uh, I guess like the listeners there will have heard that um during the <clears throat> sorry, excuse me during the like strategy integration period where I was like really struggling to uh, learn how to execute and, and kind of recall the wolf strats, I um, started using 500 Zoom as like a sort of like a training ground to just get lots and lots of reps um, using the wolf strats. And so these two hands uh, that we're going to break down today um, sort of come from um, the last couple of weeks where I was playing a lot of Zoom to just kind of get better at the at the wolf strats. Yeah, get in a bunch of reps as quickly as you can. Uh, before we dive into today's hand, by the way, if you're interested in applying for the Wolves program, I'm accepting applications at cpgwolves.com. Um, probably won't have the new batch integrated into the program for a couple of months, but I was thinking about it yesterday and just realized, like, get get the applications in if folks are qualified, if it makes sense having them hop in uh three weeks or a month early before even the training period begins after they've signed their contract just can't really be a bad thing. You know, just getting in there as early as can as you can so that you have more time to like study, learn, integrate, watch all the coaching replays at this point, you know, there's probably 50 hours worth of training replays that you can watch um, once you're in the program. So quite intense uh, onboarding and want to just give folks more time <laughs> uh would rather give everybody more time than less time if that makes sense yeah i think that's a good idea to kind of work in some study time at the beginning of the contract or before the contract even officially begins yeah well once the contract begins there's a month of study time built in but i mean if it's a month yeah. and a half or two months then seems just better um so let's look at this first hand ace king of clubs uh, looks like we get a min raise from under the gun and this is zoom. So don't know anything about anybody. We're just all shadows here. Uh, you three bet to nine big blinds out of the small blind. Both of you have about, uh, what is that? 110 bigs to start with. Yeah. Uh, you have ace king of clubs. You three bet to 45, they call, and we go to a flop. Uh, king for Trey with two hearts. 
What are you thinking on this flop? Uh, definitely starting out with some sort of bet on this flop. Um, think you can go half pot. They can go a third. Um, don't think it, you know, adds or detracts a lot of EV. Um, regardless of what size you go, but I am definitely bet C betting this flop. How come definitely C betting this flop? Uh, well, for one thing, I think this is a uh flop that I am expected to C bet probably with range. Um, I think when you do have a really good hand, uh, like. Like mine, I've I don't I don't remember, I don't know how much we I don't even remember how much we told the podcast listeners, but I have ace king of clubs on king three four, two tone, um, no clubs on the flop and and yeah I think just like when I have a hand skit and I'm expected to bet, um, there are no shortage of hands that under under the gun player can call a c bet with on the swap. So I'm gonna go ahead and start putting money in with my good hand. Yeah, don't don't worry. I, I explained everything. You just you weren't listening. Okay, yeah, to sorry. What I was saying. You just you just tuned me out, waiting for your turn. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you start out with a third, and villain calls, and now the turn is the ten of spades. So we have king ten of spades, tray four of hearts, um, and you decide to bet seventy percent here on the turn. Yeah, I don't know how much I love my turn barrel. Um, I'm less confident in it now looking at it uh, than I was when I did it, and definitely less confident in this turn C-bet than I am like in the flop C-bet. Um, I'm guessing what I was thinking when I was playing this hand in, in game was that I'm just like setting up for stacks on the river and um, just like looking at the board right now uh, on King 10, 4, 3 with two flush draws. I just feel like I can, uh, I'll be perceived to have lots and lots of bluffs on the river and can get called you know, by pretty much every worst King X, um, and maybe even slightly lighter, depending on how sticky my opponent is, um, and how many bluffs they, you know, they sort of give me credit for on this run out. And so I think that's what I was setting up for here. I don't know. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts about this turn, turn bet and maybe why it's not a great idea? So, or if there are any other, if they're better paths forward, I think the other path that, jumps off the page would just be to check and check raise all in yeah i, I think like I check check raising all in makes a lot of sense i think villain's going to stab quite often on this board the 10 does give them a lot of uh you know backdoor equity like they're, they're going to have a lot of flush draws a lot of straight draws that i think they're just going to bet the turn with um and if they bet the turn then i'm for sure just check raising all in i think we can get called by worse i think like king queen king jack can stab turn small and again, you know, they can even stab turn like half pot or so. And like we, we've talked about before on previous tactical Tuesdays, like once they bet the turn, you're kind of at risk. Um, and so, yeah, with this hand, I would just like check raise all in basically. Yeah. I, that was going to be the, the kind of the other way to play this hand that, that, um, kind of jumped out to me, uh, as we were looking at the spot, um, right now, I, I think like, yeah, yeah. I, I think check jamming the turn is, is honestly the is the best way to go. I think one thing I, I might have been concerned about in the moment was that like the turn stab size from the in position player is generally a third, so it'd be like fifty dollars. So the turn check raise would be like really, really, really big. Um, from from his perspective, he'd be having to call like, you know, four hundred fifty or something, um, extra. I don't think we get called by worse hands that often. When we have ace king, like I, I don't think like the draws that stab the turn are going to call off. I think the hands that we would expect to call off are like non-believing king jacks and king queens that like think that we just have way too many 
um, semi bluff like check jams on this double flush draw like super connected board. Um, but I don't necessarily think that means that checking check jamming ace king is is the worst because if if we get to like just check jam you know our, our semi bluff draws and get them to fold like their king king jacks and king queens like all day then we just get to print from that region of our range. Yeah, and I I think like it, it's important to note too that like at least check and then realize the data point of the size that they choose because like it's not a it's not a slam dunk that they choose a third right so like yeah that's sort of the, the the problem we have facing a third which i agree with all the points that you made but i mean they'll also bet you know 70 percent or 66 percent sometimes you know they'll bet half bought sometimes um so but yeah i get what you're saying i think yeah i think in in the moment if i were playing this hand checking seems quite appealing um but I, I can see what you were thinking too by going uh three streets with a lot of available like ace queen ace jack queen jacks spades hearts like you just have like a lot of available draws that will would make calling down kind of appealing to their bluff catchers uh although i don't know really how many great bluff catchers they have uh I, like sevens eights nines I don't know if those hands are just going to like call down face. Yeah, I, I wouldn't expect those hands to to call down, but just getting the max from well, yeah, getting the max from their king x. Like uh, I realized, like yeah, okay, we we have a king. They they only have like you know, king jack of hearts, king jack of diamonds, king queen of diamonds, king queen of hearts. Eh, I don't know. Let's. You well, start listing them out, it's kind of... That's <laughs> not a small <laughs> number of combos. All right. Well, and Maybe well, their 10x of hearts, you know, gets stickier or whatever. Maybe they're, they have like, you know, ace-queen of hearts that improves to a queen on the river and thinks that it gets the call down now. So anyways, there's just... I just... In my imagination, there were a lot of ways that I could get paid on the, on the river. Yeah, now that we've expanded on like betting versus checking, I, I think it's even clearer to me that checking is better. Because yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they they bet all those hands that you're targeting anyway, or most of them, you know? Right, right. Um, but you do bet and get called, and then um, we get a card ah! that is not not the card we were searching for, the Queen of Hearts. So I'll recap the board, the stacks that are left at this decision. Um, the board is King, Ten of Spades, Tray four of hearts, and the river is the queen of hearts. So it completes ace-jack. It completes all the front door flushes. King-queen is now top two pair. And what are we thinking here, John? That this is a disaster. River. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish it was a different river. Uh, I wish it was a different card and a different color. Um, but anyways, here we are. I, I think like all my plans for like value jamming the river have gone down the drain now um don't expect to get called by worse even close to often enough on this river um also just get to this river with much better hands than this that you know are happily jamming for value in, in, instead of this one um queen of hearts just i guess just to go over uh kind of the basics it, it's like terrible because it brings in the flushes also improves king queen which is maybe one of the best hands that i was hoping to get called by um yeah, so just lots and lots of bad things happening on this river. Well, it also, like, for, you know, the one bluff catcher you beat, King Jack, it also makes them hate life, too. <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, it's it's just tough to 
it's tough to find hands that are going to want to call a jam here that are worse than ace king yeah so with that said like i mean i i pretty much i pretty much know what i guess my plan would be here with ace king um probably just check folding i think okay like i don't yeah it's just and you check villain jams um spoiler uh, i don't think you check fold uh, <laughs> but i mean like part of the reason i check here is that like okay now maybe like there's some value in like getting their like spade spade hands like ace five of spades i don't know if they like float the float the flop in position with like i don't know a hand like eight nine of spades that's a little loose i guess um but yeah some some sorts of hands like that maybe like we can just pick off bluffs from yeah we're... Spade spade hands but we found one bluff, the ace five enough. of spades. Maybe, yeah. maybe the ace deuce of spades. Yeah. Uh, five, six of spades, maybe. Jack um, nine of spades makes a flush. Ace jack of spades makes a flush. Or a straight, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, those hands make straights. Queen jack of spades makes a pair. Um, yeah, it's tough sledding here, finding available bluffs. I, I just think, yeah, we. I, I just think it's a check fold, honestly. Yeah. Um, I did not. No, you did not. Uh, they have the ace nine of hearts. Um, really, it's just kind of a disastrous river and one that just kind of sucks for our range, a lot of our range. Um, well, hand number one is in the books. Hand number two, again, we're going to be three betting out of the small blind. Stick around, see if John loses lots more money right after the break. Survived preflop boot camp. You've shot the fish in a barrel. Now, prepare yourself for the feeding frenzy. A comprehensive strategy for gutting every fish in your player pool. Data driven hero bluffs, light call downs, and perfect value bets that are maximally designed to hurt some feelings. Feeding Frenzy. Available now at chasingpokergreatness.com slash feeding frenzy. Welcome back to today's episode of Tactical Tuesday. For the YouTube watchers, you can see John's got queued up a king and a nine. Gonna try to do some damage. Um, John, why don't you start breaking down the action of the second hand? So more 500 zoom folds around to the button um, again because it's zoom. We don't know much about the button, but I think we can assume we just go ahead and assume he's a reg for now. Um, button opens to an FX. We three bet the king nine of diamonds to eleven big blinds, fifty five dollars, and the button calls. Um, we go to the flop about a hundred big blinds effective. There's one hundred fifteen dollars in the middle, and we flop. The actual nuts king king nine pretty it's a pretty good board. flop yeah I, I don't know if you lose this one i don't know how it's gonna happen but king king nine pretty good <laughs> flop um jack of hearts on the turn <laughs> <laughs> uh so you start out by betting a third here when you flop the the nut boat mm -hmm. um Tell me about your decision here, starting out by betting. And by the way, villains in this villain in this hand started with about 100 big blinds. John has them well covered. So that's what we're working with. There's 115 in the pot. King of hearts, king of clubs, nine of hearts. 
Yeah, uh, similar story to the reason I see about the flop in the first hand of this episode. Um, just again, think this is a spot where I'm going to be expected to range bet almost all the time. I, yeah, I think there just probably wouldn't. There honestly might not be a hand, a single hand that I check on this board. Um, I think again, just with the flush draw and like, I think getting a little bit less credit for having good hands on like paired boards. The button, especially if he's a reg, is just going to find lots and lots of hands to call with and float with. And, you know, they're even, we're not worried about his, his good hands being better than ours. So, uh, yeah, just starting the hand off by putting money in again with, uh, with a good hand. Yeah. Sometimes the most deceptive thing you can do is just start out by betting a third. Yeah. Um, Villain does call. The turn is the 10 of diamonds. So kinky 9-10. Not the worst of turn cards for you, completing Queen Jack. Um, you decide to check the turn. Yeah, I think the 10, um, I mean, there are pretty much no bad cards for me on the turn. So I guess it, it's like, from my perspective, I'm sort of indifferent to whatever the turn card is. But yeah, you're right that it does it does complete a gut shot that is now almost certainly going to stack off. I think one of the well, I think checking range on this turn is not unreason uh, an unreasonable strategy. Um, just like looking at this board and looking at the range of hands that we get to this turn with, um, I think checking betting range on the flop and then checking range on the turn is maybe one of the simplest ways to execute a out of position strategy in a three bet pot on on these types of boards. That being said, I think when I have the boards just super locked up uh, with a hand like king nine or um, you know, on a unpaired board, like a hand like top set. And then I just block so much of what I would expect and hope my opponent to to find a call with. And, and now they're sort of left with um, many more like second pair, third pair and draws, draw type hands. Um, I'm well happy to just like check these super, super lockdown nutted hands that, that block their calling range and um, either get them to bluff or, or value cut themselves. And we're definitely hoping for a bet here on the turn. Um, a check back is like, ugh, they're just like, Checking back some kind of bluff catcher, you know, and we're most likely just going to be betting small in the river. I mean, obviously, yeah, you're right. We are hoping for a bet, but I'm not like that devastated by a checkback, even because I think like the way that I interpret checkbacks when I do check these spots is that, like you said, that they have some sort of showdown hand. And I think I get to, or generally, I just go really, really big on the river versus those hands, knowing that like, okay, they have some sort of hand that wants to get to showdown and, um, you know, this hopefully like thinks that the stop and go line is is uh excessively bluffy for some reason so i don't get that sad when when i see the checkback obviously we would just like to have get all the money in somehow but i i still think that we get to bet big on the river and get called a decent amount by their bluff catchers such an optimist john such an optimist yeah. there's no bad there's no bad things that can happen <laughs> well again you have a full house um it's easy to feel good uh villain bets half pot which is like really great news um we because once villain bets the turn here, they're kind of eliminating the hands like queen 10, jack 10 from their range, um, eight, nine, ace, nine, eight, seven, sixes. Um, so they either have hands that want to put in another bet on the river or hands that want to put in another bet on the river. <laughs> uh, so they, they have, uh, their bluffs, their floats, and then they also have, you know, their queen jacks and, you know, whatever, just full houses and yeah, king yeah. x's so yeah great news um when you're facing a range that has 
that's constructed in that way, you just cannot raise the turn. Like you just, you do not get to raise the turn. Um, especially when the SPR is being set up to be right under one on the river. I just think that like, they're going to jam the river here tons and tons. All the hands that you would stack with the checkers on the turn are hands that you're going to stack on the river anyways. So exactly. Unless the river is like a 10 and they have queen Jack or something. Yeah. 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 If that happens, it happens. (laughs) River is nice little seven and you go ahead and check Villain jams. Any thoughts of folding here, John? We 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 maybe we lose we lose the king ten. Yeah, we do lose the king ten. <laughs> you can never be too careful, uh, right? Is that what they say? You would play king ten in exactly this way, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can't even have king ten because there's no suited king tens <laughs> that are available. So unless he's calling the three bet out of or three bet from the button with king ten offsuit, it's going to be tough to find a hand that can beat ours. Yeah, for for the podcast and youtube watcher there's lots of sarcasm here um you call and they have ace jack off which again i think is a hand that's to be expected that kind of calls a flop turns a gut shot and then just you know goes bet jam on the turn of the river so yeah well played hand sir um really like the check on the turn and yeah if we would have done that in the first hand I don't know. Maybe things would have turned out differently. Actually, I, slightly less because we just check call the river or something. I don't know what happens on the river, even in the previous hand. Do we check call like well, the Queen of Hearts? I mean, if villain bets the turn, you're going to check jam. Yeah. So, and if villain checks back the turn, you're going to check and call a bet in a smaller pot. So. Right. Right. So we lose. We do lose less. Yeah, we do. No. I don't think villain would bet the turn in that hand with Ace Nine of Hearts. Probably checks back quite frequently, but anyways, neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. And that's going to do it for this week's episode of Tactical Tuesday. Got a short little part two here. Um, eight minutes. We're, we're getting better. Uh, CPGWolves.com if you would like to apply to the CFP program. Only one thing left to say, John. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.